friends. My name is Sean Arsenault, but you can call me Shawnee. I'm a board certified nurse coach and holistic healer, and I want to help you transform your life in a way that feels in total alignment with your heart and who you truly are. Each week, I'll be sharing with you my tips on how to become more empowered in your own wellness journey and create a vibrant, fulfilling life that reflects your values and your truth. You'll hear insightful interviews on different life and wellness topics and stories from myself and other beautiful souls who share my mission of spreading love and light in this sometimes dark world. My hope for this podcast is that you will walk away feeling inspired and more aligned in your purpose. This is your permission to get curious and lean into your intuition as we all learn and grow together. Welcome to the Aligned and Well podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Aligned and Well podcast. I'm Sean, your host, and today I have a really exciting interview with a fellow nurse coach, uh, Michaela Robertson. I'll just do a little intro here and then I'll have her, of course, like introduce herself. Michaela is a full-time travel nurse, podcast host. I've been on her podcast before. Um, She's an RRCA certified run coach and co-founder of Strides of Strength Run Coaching. Um, She's also in the process of becoming a board certified nurse coach, and she loves teaching nurses how to find purpose in their work and a fire in their soul that make them feel like they have a career they love without sacrificing their boundaries, time, or energy. So, such such an amazing combination of things there. Michaela, how are you today? Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It feels full circle. You were on Built to Be You, I think around this time last year. So I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so how fun. Um, I am great today. Like we were just talking off of Mike. I am like recently in a new travel assignment and I feel like I am in a season where I have a really great work-life bend, work-life blend with a whole lot of play. And it's really just helped fuel that fire of those passions and purposes outside of work. So I'm super excited to chat all the things today. Cool. Yes. I'm really excited to talk about that because like, I know that a lot of people who listen to this also struggle with like work balance, life balance, and finding time for fun. So that's going to be a fun thing that we're going to talk about today. But just tell us a little bit like about your story, how you got started, you know, give us a little bit of background on yourself. Man, that is like such like a like a question to unpack. And I feel like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like you look back and you're like, man, so I started I've been a nurse for three years, actually, this month in February. Mm -hmm. And when I started as a new grad, I only knew non-pandemic nursing for about 14 days. Um, so, oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So you were like thrown right into it in nursing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I mean, even looking back at my nursing school days, I feel like I really never adopted the mindset of like sacrifice your life for nursing school. Like I always kind of felt like I had a different place in nursing than the traditional path that you see a lot of nurses take. So fast forward, I moved about a thousand miles away from my hometown as a new grad and then pandemic, everything shut down. And I just saw firsthand a lot of nurses who put themselves on the back burner, you know, this constant story of burnout and sacrificing, you know, my life, my play, my fun, my family to pick up Mm. over time. And I would say very early on, I was like, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not adopting to this belief. I'm not adopting to this way of life. And I 
can say with confidence that I've always put myself first in my career over the last three years. And I see that as a superpower because not a lot of nurses do that or have that mindset or even that belief in themselves that, you know, non-traditional nursing put in air quotes can be a path that you can take. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started my own podcast built to be you and I call it my quarantine baby. <laughs> it was, you know, <laughs> awesome. kind of, <laughs> yeah. it was my, my, my outlet during quarantine. Um, and then that just kind of transformed into a huge personal growth journey of connecting with other nurses, new nurses, new grads who were at the same battle that I was. You know, this is this is nursing as we know it now. You know, we're not going to know anything different. And it's funny when people are like, well, like, what's it like to be a nurse in a pandemic? I'm like, it's all I know. I don't like I don't yeah. know anything different. Um, right. And then I made a couple of pivots career-wise in terms of changing specialty within inpatient. Um, and then I was really having this craving and this desire for more flexibility and freedom in my schedule. Um, travel nursing was something that I always wanted to do as a new grad. And then I jumped into travel nursing and I was like, yeah, I don't actually know that I love this. Um, I had a really rough first contract. I was in the pits of burnout and I was on night shift and I will never forget it. Mm-hmm. I was scrolling through social media and I saw a ad for the Nurse Coach Collective. I clicked on it, <laughs> went, down, went down the rabbit hole. And I remember having my discovery call for my nurse coaching certification course. And I was like, oh, this, this is like gold. Yes. <laughs> like, there is a community of nurses out there who care about their physical, mental, emotional well-being just like I do. I'm not crazy. You know, I was so tired of the transaction of nursing, you know, just throwing or like running around like a chicken with my head cut off, throwing pills at people and not really seeing the transformation. Um, And I feel like for a while there, I filled that void with my podcast and just my community through social media. And now I get to do it at a larger scale and at a different level Mm -hmm. after going through the collective and working on my certification and just kind of finding my footing in nursing. And it's crazy. Like that seems like so much in such a short amount of time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like lots of change in a very short amount of time. But I, I love, I love hearing this story because it makes me so happy that like nurses coming out of nursing school, like now have so many different, like, I feel like whenever I graduated from nursing school, like seven, eight years ago, like I didn't realize that there was non-traditional forms of nursing, right? Mm -hmm. Like you were talking about how, like, this is what nursing is now. And the pandemic really highlighted a lot of that. It's funny because like your journey with like moving away from your hometown as a baby nurse, and then like really quickly jumping into the pandemic, I had been a nurse for a few years, but I had literally moved away from (laughs) my hometown got to my new location where I felt really good and then the pandemic hit. And so I was really like trying to to balance this this role of being really burnt out where I used to be. And now like I'm starting to create this balance, but then there's the pandemic. Yeah, it's just so interesting how like nursing has changed and how I think <laughs> the by the grace of the Facebook gods, I feel like, because that's how I found the Nurse Coach Collective too. Like I got a Facebook ad. And usually I don't trust those things, but um really, really glad that that nurses like you and I and you know all of our our fellow nurse coaches out there found something like this. Um what what was it that inspired you? Like after you found this new path of nurse coaching and blending like the your your love of travel and your love of adventure, like how has that process been for you to integrate all of those things together? 
I feel like it has just created a deeper sense of passion and fulfillment for me, Mm -hmm. even as a bedside nurse. Um, And I think a lot of people kind of search for that exit plan. Like, how do I get out? How do I get out? And it's like, how do I make this work for me and use my strengths to really capitalize on, to make sure that, you know, I am putting myself first and I'm still finding that passion, fulfillment, purpose, both at work and outside of work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I feel like I'm kind of in a season of the perfect storm with having the flexibility and freedom of travel nursing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last month or last year was my first full year in travel nursing. And I worked about eight months out of the year. Then I got the other four months to play, to work on my certification, to work on my one-on-one clients, to work on my podcast. So I was able to fill my cup in different ways. Mm-hmm. So I can show up to those 12 hour shifts with mm-hmm. my best energy and my best intention. Um, and I think that that to me is so beautiful is that I'm not in survival mode anymore, trying to just get through the next three shifts and get through the next three shifts, get through the assignment. It's like I'm really present and grounded in each assignment, which is beautiful. Mm, I love that. I love that question of like, how do I make this work for me? You know, like mm-hmm. there's so many, so many nurses who go into the into nursing and like they have all of these expectations for how they want their nursing career to go, and then it doesn't go that way. Um and so, I mean, I come to, I contemplated leaving so many times <laughs> in nursing. Yeah. Before I found the collective, I was like, I'm doing this travel assignment and I'm getting out. I was yeah. like, I, I, I need an exit plan. I need a way out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then tell me like your thought process of like, so how do I make this work for me? Like what, cause I feel like that is also rooted in like why you became a nurse in the first place. Like you don't mm-hmm. want to abandon this profession because it is so meaningful. It is so impactful for, especially for the patients that we serve. So like, why, tell me like a little bit about why you became a nurse and what was it that anchored you to wanting to stay and trying to make it work in, in a non-traditional way? Yeah, for sure. So kind of my backstory of becoming a nurse was my mom had breast cancer when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. My parents were divorced. And so I was kind of her right-hand woman through all of her treatment. Mm-hmm. And I remember the nurses were that listening ear, you know, every chemo treatment, her ringing the chemo bell on her way out of her last treatment. You know, they were the people who were asking me how track practice was, you know, I felt like seen as a person and mm-hmm. as an individual. And so when I think about, you know, why I went into nursing, it was really to help create that transformation and just hold that healing space, whatever that looks like. Um, And early on as a new grad with pandemic, one to six ratios, one to seven, one to eight, whatever the ratios were, Mm -hmm. it was like, I really wasn't gaining that sense of transformation. Like I said, everything just felt so transactional. Mm -hmm. And so I really started to look at what are the skills that are really important to me as a nurse and, you know, do make me feel like I am serving in my job. And for me, that's education, you know, just deeper patient interactions. And I feel like after going through the collective, I was really able to capitalize on those strengths and still integrate them into bedside nursing, even when the ratios maybe aren't ideal, Mm -hmm. just with the practice of slowing down. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's been huge for me in my practice as a bedside nurse. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about that because I know that there are probably nurses listening here who are like, how do you even do that? How do you, like, I'm so burnt out at my current job at the bedside, wherever it is that I'm working. And like, I can't even find a couple of minutes to slow down. Like what, give me some like practical things that you've done to, to allow yourself to be more present, even if the external environment is something out of your control. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it all starts with even just that awareness of the words that you're telling yourself. I see a lot of nurses who the minute they clock in, they think they have to hit the ground running because time is against them. And I think the more that you slow down, the more you realize that time expands. You know, nursing is a 24-hour job. If you don't get to one task or one dressing change, that doesn't, it's not your identity. You're not a bad nurse. Mm. Um, And so I think it's really just that mindset shift of the words that you're saying to yourself and really, you know, when you, even before you clock in, I have a very solid pre-shift routine that roots me within intentions and just how I want to carry myself throughout my shift. And I think that just going into that shift saying, Hey, I want to spend five extra minutes with one patient today, you know, Mm -hmm. five minutes and 12 hours is minuscule like Mm -hmm. it it, you know I don't know the percentage but it's a very small percentage of your entire 12-hour shift and I think just starting with one patient like hey today I'm going to pick one of my patients in my assignment not that you're going to neglect your other ones Mm -hmm. but I'm going to pick one patient to really just be intentional with my interactions like instead of scanning their meds trying to do their assessment and talking to them all at once Mm -hmm. I'm going to you know separate the tasks I'm going to scan their meds I'm going to look at them as a whole And then I'm going to ask them one question about their family. Mm -hmm. And for me, even just that one question helped me connect deeper with them. And that made me leave my shifts with a deeper sense of feeling like, hey, I made that connection and that transformation today. Mm -hmm. And that just slowly ripples. And it makes you realize that you don't have to go throughout your shift putting out fires. And I was just having a conversation with a new grad on my unit the other day. I was like, you keep going at the speed that you're going at. You're looking down the tunnel of burnout. You know, you can't keep pushing off breaks and telling yourself that you need to chart. Like yeah. in essence, yes, those things have to get done. But the more pressure you put on them and the more worked up you get, mm-hmm. you know, the less likely they are to happen. So even if that looks like when you're washing your hands, just closing your eyes for a minute and taking a few powerful deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Like simple, simple, easy to do, easy not to do. But yeah. I think it's really just the act of slowing down and not running around like a mad woman all day. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that you highlighted like the emphasis on actually like connecting with our patients because mm-hmm. that's something that I hear. Like I do um, a lot of the onboarding calls for people interested in joining the Nurse Coach Collective. And a lot of things that I hear are like, I don't have enough time to spend with my pa- my patients. And it's like, you know, I think that you highlighted the fact that like connection doesn't have to take 30 minutes. It can take five minutes. It can take one minute. Um, We had this really powerful exercise um, at the nurse coach conference last year where we did what's called speed coaching, where we sat in front of people for five minutes, for three minutes, for one minute, and did a super powerful speed coaching conversation Mm -hmm. with, with each person. And like, the results were insane. I mean, I was crying after a minute of coaching with someone. <laughs> and so it's just, it's, yeah, like the, the fact that connection doesn't really have to take, you know, X amount of time, it can really be in those small little moments. Yeah. And I think it's just like defining like, what does connection mean to you? Yeah. You know, how does it feel? What does it look like? And then going and integrating that. And, you know, like I said, with time and practice, you're going to realize, okay, now I actually have 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And I also think just to be put lightly, like a lot of nurses sit at the nursing station after they're done charting and scroll on their phones. If you're lacking that sense of connection, (laughs) you're not connecting with your patients. You're connecting with an outside world, (laughs) you know, so it it goes back to kind of pointing the finger back itself and asking how you can show up differently. Mm, Yeah. Like that 
that idea of leading with yourself, like leading with yourself to elevate your practice as a nurse. I, I would love to hear a little bit of like what your pre-shift routine looks like just for any of those nurses who are like, oh, I want to implement that. Like, what is, what does that look like for you? I know it can be different for each person, but just give us an example. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, with being a travel nurse and my schedule changing essentially every three months, I think it's such a beautiful opportunity for me to change my routine every three months too. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times people create resistance around routines because they think they have to look the same every single day or every single shift. Um, And really at the essence and the core of it, it's like, what do I need today before I go into work? And I want to preface before I like share my routine is like, look at others for inspiration instead of aspiring to be them don't go try to like copy and paste my routine because what works for me probably isn't going to work for you Mm -hmm. um but for me in this season my pre-shift routine is uh me and my roommate we have like I just moved to Denver and one street over we have like a whole street filled with workout classes essentially like different gyms so we usually do a 5 a.m workout class it lasts an hour um so from five to six I work out and then I come home and I quick shower and I already have like my breakfast made the night before so I sit down I eat my breakfast I read and I journal and it's just 20 minutes but that 20 minutes truly is the foundation I think of the rest of my day of journaling and reading because it really just helps me set the intentions of what I'm looking for in my shift and what I'm hoping to bring into my shift in terms of energy and projection and just intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's working for me really well in this season, but I am somebody who I love movement. I think movement is my biggest energy creator. And when I first started this contract, I wasn't integrating the movement aspect of my pre-shift routine and I felt it throughout the rest of my day. But there's mm-hmm. some nurses who are like, I don't want to get up and work out for an hour. That's fine. If that's not yeah. your jam, don't do that, but find something that roots you and centers you and energy and attention. And that might look different. Like I just shared this on my Instagram story yesterday. I was like, some days it's a 5 a.m. workout. Some days it's an extra hour of sleep that I need. So it really changes just depending on the season that I'm in and where I'm at, where my energy is. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you're not putting pressure on yourself to create a routine and stick to it and then make that mean something about you if you don't Mm -hmm. do it. Because I think that, yeah, like people, and I'm guilty of this too. I tend to like, you know, talk down to myself if there's like a part of my routine that I miss or something that I don't do, because then Mm -hmm. I'm like telling, it's like that, that self-talk that you were talking about earlier, like being aware of the words that you're telling yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Because really it means nothing if you miss a workout or if it means nothing, if you have a part of your routine that you usually do that helps you stay grounded and centered, but you don't end up doing it. Like, like Mm -hmm. you said, what if I, if I need an extra hour of sleep, I'm going to take it and not feel bad about it, you know? So there's that level of guilt that we have to to be aware of whenever we create a routine that we know is going to help us, but it may not be exactly what we need in that day, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And even I think about my last contract, my pre-shift routine was I got up at 4.30. And when I was up at 4.30, I was reading journaling before I went and worked out. And now in this season, I'm like, I have no desire to get up at 4.30. Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't want to. And so it's, you know, really meeting yourself where you're at and realizing like, where is that resistance coming up? Are you doing it from a place of like shame and guilt of I have to do this? Or mm-hmm. do you really realize the benefit of the habit or the routine and how it's going to affect the rest of your day? And for me, you know, some days I miss the journaling and the reading. That's okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, as long as I have at least, I say, I give myself like kind of the 10 minute rule before shifts. At least if I at least have 10 minutes mm-hmm. to do something for myself, I'm going to be better for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like as long as you have like a minimum baseline, like of like, if I just do this one thing, then, then I'll, I'll feel like I've taken care of myself. If I just Mm -hmm. like breathe for five seconds before I go into a patient's room before I, um, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's just really a good practice to have to, to just be super, super intentional about what you're doing versus like having that expectation of like, I have to, I'm obligated to. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's taken me a lot of trial and error to figure out, you know, that compassion and that grace. Even when I got to Colorado here, I was like, why can't I do this? And I was like, wait, pause, like take a break, reset, recalibrate. Like, what do you actually need in this season to support you? And I was like, okay, this is it. This is my new jam. (laughs) And so it just takes time and you kind of have to like play around with it. and. I feel like you don't realize how something impacts or affects you until you don't do it. Yeah. So, you know, maybe try journaling for a couple of shifts and then don't do it for one shift and then, you know, see the energy shift. Was there even one? Maybe there wasn't. That's okay. Maybe that's mm-hmm. not your thing. So it's just kind of trying things on for size. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like having like a trial period is a, definitely a good way to keep things not overwhelming. Like mm-hmm. for for you, I know when people probably heard your your routine that you just outlined for us, there I, I, like for some people, I could feel like they might sit there and be like, "That sounds like a lot. Like, how Absolutely. am I going to do all of that if I mm-hmm. if that's something that they want to implement?" So, how did you start to figure out like what your routine was? Yeah, I actually, it started in nursing school. And so I think back, you know, like that's been like seven, eight years now of, you know, consistently just habit stacking. In nursing school, it started with, I was going to do a 20 minute workout before I went to clinicals in the morning. And then, you know, the 20 minute workout turned into 20 minute workout and journaling. And so over time, I've really just built that habit. And now when I think about movement or exercise, like it's not it's not a negotiable in my life. Like it's just something that I know that I need to do to be the best me. So I think it just starts with picking one thing and integrating and implementing that one thing. And then once you are consistent at that and you realize that it makes you feel good, add something else on top of it if you want to. Mm -hmm. But that's why I was like prefacing, like, you know, you can look at others for inspiration, but quit trying to like copy and duplicate exactly what they're doing because you don't see the seven years yeah. <laughs> of mornings of, you know, snoozing my alarm, not wanting to get up, you know, putting things into my routine, taking things out of my routine. Um, so I think it's just, you know, the adaptation of time, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and like the also using other people's routines as like a comparison thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not good enough because I can't do that. And right. Um, and I'm finding it so difficult to implement this into my routine and this person, it seems so easy for them. You know, yeah. I'm sure you've probably read atomic habits, right? It sounds like you're the kind of person who has, <laughs> I actually have not read that book, but I heard you totally of- <laughs> should. Cause like literally everything that you're saying is it's, it's exactly what is in, like, that's one of my favorite books ever. Like okay. at, anytime I want to like implement a new habit, he talks about like, just honestly, like the anatomy of what a habit is and like mm-hmm. all of the different parts and all of the ways that you can utilize habit stacking to make your routines really successful. And it's all about like the, the main takeaway that I had from that book is making habits easy for you at the very beginning. So if you have like this aspiration to meditate for 20 minutes a day, start with one minute yeah, <laughs> and then like implement that into something that you already do every day, like brushing your teeth. Like after Mm -hmm. you brush your teeth, you stand at the sink for a minute and meditate. Like 
there's, there's ways that you can make it easier for you instead of, you know, trying to go all in on 20 minutes of meditation every single day. And then like feeling like a failure whenever you feel like it's hard, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's one of the biggest things too, is, you know, 12 hour shifts that is yes, a good chunk of your day. So make it as simple as you can. And for me, it's like the less decisions that I have to make in a 12 hour shift, the better. And that looks like for me in this season, you know, I'm meal prep breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I started with just breakfast. You know, I sit down and I ask myself, what does movement look like on these three days? Does it fit in? What does that specifically look like? Sign up for the class, you know? So just taking out guesswork and pre-deciding in a way that benefits you. Like, you know what I mean? It's like pre-decision is helpful when you use it in a way that empowers you rather than a way that's like, oh my God, that's too much. I'm so overwhelmed. I could never. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. And people don't realize that we have the power to switch Mm-hmm. That, that mindset. And yeah. um, it can be really difficult to sometimes, but it is within our capabilities to be able to do that and make those decisions. Um, so with the work that you're doing as a nurse coach, like tell me a little bit about like your journey into, you know, side hustle, entrepreneurship, and also merging that with your love of like travel nursing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and this is like something that I've been trying to unpack. And like, you know, it's like, where, where yeah. did this like first start? And I started out in network marketing back when I was in nursing school. Yeah. It was a great way to pay for the workout programs that I was doing. It was a great way to like, just have a little bit of extra money. And so I feel like that was like my first introduction to side hustle. Yeah. Um, and then I realized the impact of being a part of community of people who like want to do things differently. Um, and then I transitioned into new grad life and I was like, okay, I they kind of had this feeling of, I want more. I want to impact deeper, do something differently, but I have no idea what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had started my podcast and kind of started to grow the community around Built to Be You, which is my podcast. Um, And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. I really love connecting, you know, with women at a one-on-one level through like DMs and just interactions, but also community-based. And then (laughs) I was like, I feel like it was like two years of just like this gray zone of, I have no idea what direction I'm going. I like to do all of these things. Mm -hmm. How do they all fit together? And I feel like I'm still learning how the pieces do fit fit together. But um, I met my now business partner for my run coaching business about a year and a half ago now. And she was like, hey, do you want to do run, like be a run coach with me? And I love running. It has been the foundation of my health and fitness journey for about six years now. And so I was like, I love this. Why would I not, you know, help, like I help other people do the same. So we started, I started doing run coaching and then I realized that I really like to use movement as the foundation of a lot of the coaching that I do. Um, and then I took the nurse coach collective and I thought that my like initial thought when I went into the nurse coach collective was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I want to leave bedside nursing. Yeah. Um, and then I started to do some of the one-on-one work with pro bono clients. And I was like, I don't want to do this full time. Yeah. Um, and that was really hard for me at first because I saw a lot of my people in my cohort, like with my cohort, you know, going and pursuing, leaving their jobs, yeah, doing it full time. And I was like, wait, this isn't what I want to do. And so I feel like now, fast forward, even in the last, I would say three months, I've gained a lot of clarity that I love travel nursing. I love bedside nursing. I love the flexibility, the freedom, the financial means of it and getting to travel 
I love run coaching. I have a business partner. I don't like to do business alone. It's great. We are like the yin and yang when it comes to strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And I love nurse coaching. I still have my one-on-one clients that I work with Mm -hmm. um, at a lower scale level than what I thought it was going to be, but I love it. Um, So that's kind of how all of my worlds are coexisting right now. Yeah. And I'm sure that's going to change even in the next three months. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I, this is like amazing because I, I try to tell people because I I don't I I feel the same like I feel like there's a lot of different things that I'm passionate about and I can't just stick to one thing mm-hmm. like um and it's really hard to explain to people what I do just because I do so many different things I do, like like you <laughs> right? like you have a podcast you're a run coach you're a nurse coach you're a travel nurse like I also have a podcast. I do business coaching. I do life coaching. I am a mentor for students. Like I, I do a lot of different things. And I think one of my favorite things about the, the, but what you just shared there is that like, there is a way to merge all of your passions and interests and education and all of that together under one roof. As long as you are completely aligned in what you're doing and you actually like it, like you don't, your journey doesn't have to look like somebody else's. I see so many, especially so many nurse coaches come out of the collective and focus like laser focus on private practice and leaving their job. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't always have to look like that. So it's really nice to like, you know, have, have other people who graduate from that program or who just become nurse coaches in general and have multiple things that they're pursuing. Yeah, no, for sure. And I remember um, when me and my business partner first started working together, not long after I found the Nurse Coach Collective, and I was like, man, am I going to be able to show up for her in this business in the way that I need to if I'm trying to pursue this thing on my own? And there for a while, it was like really being transparent in communication of like, hey, I have these goals that I'm working towards for myself. How can we make this work as business partners? And, you know, even in my nurse coach role, this year, I've been focusing a lot more on collaboration and community and working with yeah. other coaches because I've realized that that's where I thrive is in that community and in that collaboration and not having to take everything on all on my own. And yeah. just finding that like it was almost like a permission slip. Like you don't have to be really good at one thing in order to be successful, like mm-hmm. the business paradigms teach you. And oh I gosh, feel like yeah. that was just like a weight lifted off my shoulder. It was like, thank God. Like I don't have to just pick run coaching or nurse coaching or travel nursing. Like I can integrate them all. And, you know, yeah. when people hear all of the different facets of you, I'm sure you're the same way, you know, it's yeah. like, how do you do it all? It's, I don't do it all. I do the things that I'm really excited about yeah. and I leave behind the things that I'm not. <laughs> yes. And these are like the core things that I'm taking with me right now. So, so true. Like there, yeah. Whenever I get that question of like, how do you do it all? I'm like, I don't. <laughs> Like I don't do it all. I just, I do what I like to do. I do what like really lights me up. And that's, that's something too, that I want to talk about is like, how did you decipher what to, what to keep and what to let go of? Because I know that there are people out there who are also like really multi-passionate and they have a lot Mm -hmm. of different interests, but then it can feel overwhelming to be like, okay, what do I pursue next? Like, what is the next thing that I'm going to, that I'm going to implement? So how, how was that process for you? I think it's really just looking at the feeling or acknowledging the feeling of when I'm engaged or when I'm doing something. Mm -hmm. And when I I was in this kind of like gray season of what do I have to give up? Do I have to give anything up? Yeah, I was like, you know, I am being pulled in a lot of directions and I 
know that if I keep going and operating at this level and the same speed in the same direction, I'm going to burn out. Um, And so I really had to ask myself and get honest of what can give. And for me, it looked like hiring help, you know, financially, it didn't make sense, but energetically, it was the best thing I've ever done because now I have like a right-hand woman who helps me with a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. when it comes to podcasting and community building, I'm still the face of my brand. I still get to do all the things that I love in my practice, both as a nurse coach and a run coach, but she gets to help with the things that I'm not excited about. And I realized that, you know, it takes a village. You really do have to lean into the support system. So I feel like that's that filtering through of what do I leave behind was like, what am I not excited about doing and who else can do it? <laughs> yes. Outsourcing. Outsourcing like is I, oh my God, the second I hired my virtual assistant, I was like, there was a huge weight lifted off of me. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. and this can look like different for everybody, right? It doesn't have to be a virtual assistant. Like if you're someone who's a business owner or an entrepreneur, but it can also look like hiring like domestic help or like getting, Mm -hmm. like hiring someone to clean or like do your yard work for you or, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, any, anything that you can outsource that feels like a burden on you now that you're not excited about doing and you have Mm -hmm. somewhat of the means to do that. Absolutely do it. I love that. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, at first it was like, you know, like financially, does this investment make sense? But I was like, maybe not, but energetically, like I have so much more time to do the things that I'm good at. And I didn't have to give up, you know, anything. I didn't have to cut out a one-on-one client. I didn't have to cut out any of my running athletes. Like I got to keep them all because I have the energy and bandwidth to make sure that I can show up for them fully because I'm not doing the like tasks that are not my thing. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I feel like there's a whole thing that we could get into there about like money mindset, because like whenever people hear that, yeah. like financially, it doesn't make sense, but energetically it does. Like, tell me a little bit more about that statement that you just made there. Yeah, for sure. So when I think about, you know, the things that I want to show up for and the hats that I wear, that requires energy from me. Yeah. And for me, energy is a currency. It's something that I have to invest. It's something I have to give away. And it's also something that I have to create. Yes. And when I was looking at doing the tasks like editing podcasts, collaborating interviews, editing content promotion, like, you know, all of these things, that for me was a huge energy drain, like probably 10x what it takes her to do it because she's excited about it. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. so I was doing, I was, you know, I was pouring all this energy into things. And I was like, I'm not actually doing the things that I'm really good at connecting, communicating, talking, engaging, coaching, you know? <laughs> um, and when I was looking at it financially, I was like, okay, you know, obviously I have to pay this virtual assistant to be a part of my life. And then I was looking at, you know, we started a lot of the work that she did for me was on the podcast. My podcast yeah. is not monetized. Yeah, You know, there is no sponsorships. There's no ads. So like, I'm not making money there, but I'm putting a lot of money into her, yeah. you know, helping me build that community and do that behind the scenes thing. But for me, it's like kind of that long-term vision of eventually there's going to be a financial return of investment, not yeah. right now, but energetically, because I have more time to invest in the things that I'm doing, I'm going to be able to financially grow that later on down the road, mm. if that makes sense. It does. It does. <laughs> totally, totally does. Yeah. And that's like, that's one of the things that I think is really hard. It was really hard for me to wrap my head around at the very beginning as well is like being able to see the big picture. Like mm-hmm. right now it's it takes a lot of like financial resources to be able to outsource things, but it's going to save me so much time and money and energy later on. And so when you think about like more of the long-term effects of 
outsourcing things like that, then then it's so worth it. But you also have to be kind of like in the right mindset of making those decisions for yourself, making sure that's totally aligned with where you're currently at. Yeah. And I think, you know, it just kind of goes back to what I was saying about, I I don't have any desire to leave bedside nursing. I love travel nursing. It financially (sighs) provides for me to be able to invest in those things. And I feel really, really grateful for that because it's like, when you're open to receiving it, the universe is going to deliver. And so it's, you know, maybe one day I'll have a shift. Maybe one day I'll want to leave travel nursing or bedside nursing. But right now in this season, it's all so aligned and it works in many, many ways. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, so beautiful. Um, Is there anything else that we haven't really touched on yet that you wanted to share that was on your heart? Oh, such a like that's like like a loaded question. You know, we could <laughs> yeah. probably chat for hours. Oh, I we think, could. <laughs> I, I think it's you know really just this curiosity lens in nursing of how can I make this work for me? Mm-hmm. You know, rather than just like we talked about at the very beginning, instead of living in survival mode and trying to find and create this exit plan, really looking at the world around you and also giving yourself the permission slip to dream and ask, you know, what, what, what do I want my career to look like? How do I want to feel when I lay my head on my pillow at night and really reverse engineering the goals, the career, the people, the resources, the habits, all the things we've talked about today to help build up into that person or those moments. And I think that nursing it's, I think just with the pandemic and just social media right now is there's two sides to it. It's like F nursing. I hate this. Or, oh my yeah. gosh, nurses are the most beautiful humans ever. And it's, you know, what narrative do you want to buy into almost, you know, what change do you want to be a part of? And after being a part of the nurse coach collective, and then, you know, just like even nurse coaches who weren't in my like cohort, people who I, through Facebook groups and through social media, yeah. and there is a world of nurses out there that wants to change the trajectory of nursing. Yeah. You just have to go out there and find it. And I think a lot of nurses kind of get in this like loneliness is a choice mindset of I'm so alone. I'm the only one feeling this way. It's like, if you yeah. just verbalize how you're feeling, there is a community, a army of nurses who want to help you create that change. You just have to get curious first. Like, what does that change look like? And how do I get to starting it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the ultimate, like, like self-awareness of, Mm -hmm. okay, what narrative am I telling myself? What, 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 what story would I like to tell myself? And like, I think with nurses, we can get so caught up in like, I'm the victim here. I'm the victim of a broken system. And there's actually, there's a lot that we don't have control over. We do not have control over like, you know, just the way that healthcare is set up at this moment. We don't have control of like legislation. We don't have control over a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but there is so much actually that we do have control over and like choosing to actually take action on those things Mm -hmm. is really what's going to help move your personal nursing practice, your career, whatever it is that you're doing forward. Absolutely. Like you said, like it's not being a victim and it it all starts with self, like the way that you lead yourself and the way you take care of yourself is the way that you're going to take care of other people. And, you know, I just think that the journey of the Nurse Coach Collective and even, you know, my journey in the last three years of a nurse, it's been beautiful and it's been really eye-opening. And especially as a travel nurse, I work and interact with a lot of different nurses and a lot of different patient populations. And, you know, the, it can feel like 
the shift is burning down around you. But if you are centered in yourself and your intentions and the way that you want to interact and kind of going back to what we were talking about before, like defining what that connection means, mm-hmm. your practice is going to be beautiful. I would like, I left 12 hour shift the other day and I like this blasted music in my car on the way home. And I was like, man, Michaela a year ago could not imagine leaving the shift yeah. smiling, you know, feeling that sense of connection, feeling that sense of purpose and ready to go back for another shift. Like it's possible. It's possible yeah. for you too, who's listening. Like you can have a career that you love and feel so centered and happy within yourself. Love it. Yeah. And like, just, I always want to bring people back to why you became a nurse in the first place. Like there's mm-hmm. a reason you stepped into this profession, knowing that it was difficult, knowing that it was going to be really hard sometimes. Like right. what was that purpose that that drove you to even become a nurse? And mm-hmm. um, I think so many people forget that because of all the crap that happens inside of the hospital or setting or inside of the healthcare system. Right. Um, so really, really cool. Thank you so much, Michaela, for yeah. just interviewing with us. I love to end with this last question, of course, because um, this is called the Aligned and Well podcast. What does it mean for you to be aligned and well? Mm, I I love that. I, I think it means to me being rooted in who I am and just the intention that I bring both to my practice as a nurse and all of the hats that I wear outside of nursing. And I think that that is integrated for me around play and -hmm. just making sure that I'm doing the things that make me feel really good. One thing I've been working on this year is defining happiness Mm -hmm. um, and really figuring out how it's a way of living rather than just a way of being. And for me, that has created a lot of alignment. Oh, yeah. Love it. Awesome answer. Um, Well, where can people check you out if they want to follow you and see what you're up to? Where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. I am over on Instagram at Michaela underscore Robertson underscore. Um, I also have my own podcast called Built to Be You. You can find that on any streaming platform that you listen to your podcast. And then, yeah, otherwise Instagram is really where I'm at. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I know you're so active on Instagram. I love like whenever you pop up on my feed. (laughs) Yeah, it's me. I love it. I love, I love Instagram. I love reels. I love, yeah, reels are so fun. (laughs) Yeah. And I love, I love sharing in my stories, you know, just little golden nuggets of wisdom when it comes to nursing and just you know, recentering yourself. Sometimes I think the universe puts into your life what you need at the exact moment that you need it. So that's where you can find me. Cool. Thank you so much, Michaela, for taking some time today to be on this podcast. I'm sure that any nurse listening will, um, will have a lot to take away from this. Awesome. Thank you so much. Loved, loved, loved this conversation with Michaela. If you would like to connect with her, I've put all of her info in the show notes so that you can find her on social, see what she's up to. Um, For any of you listening to this who would like to be part of our podcasting community, I do have um, an online Facebook group called the Aligned and Well Podcast Community where you can join, follow, get updates on all of the episodes that come out and make sure you join the podcast newsletter so you get an email notification every time a new episode comes out. love to have you in there. And as always, I'm here to serve and support you in the most powerful way I can. Thanks so much guys for listening and I will see you next time. Bye.